back with the bang for Commentator's Corner for episode 40. And once again, we go stateside. However, I've got a fellow commentator who's also been an assistant race director, uh, driver as well, making a brief comeback with a certain team in 2020. Sander Clements from Kart Chaser. Welcome to the show, buddy. Good to have you on board. How are you? And happy new year, first of all. Yeah, happy new year to you too, Alex. Um, super happy to be here. Thanks for the invite to, to come onto this podcast. You know, for uh, doing everything that, that we do, it's usually me being the host. And it's very rare that uh, I get to go and be the guest. And uh, I'm looking forward to this, man. This is going to be fun. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, I just moved into a different apartment, so things are a little bit crazy. We roll out to start our season in about 48 hours. Uh, it's, it's a hectic, hectic time. It's been a, honestly kind of scary uh, month of December for me, but overall, I, I feel like it all ended out pretty good. And, uh, and you know, we're, we're set up for some really cool stuff for, uh, you know, I guess is you're kind of 3.5 for us uh, here in 2024. A bit like me being self-employed for now three and a half years, uh, because for those wondering, Cart Chase will be broadcasting live. Uh, Scusa Winter Series rounds one and two at the AMR Motorplex in Homestead, just outside of Miami in Florida, on January 12th to the 14th, February 9th to the 11th. But then you'll also be going to the Orlando Kart Center for the all four rounds of the Rotax Max Challenge Winter Trophy, which is one of two competitions that will be running in the first quarter of 2024 to give tickets away for this year's Grand Finals at Sarno, the other one being the Asia Festival taking place. Actually, it's on the first week of the... Uh, the winter trophy in orlando so the asia festival which will be taking place in sepang so uh, as you said it's uh, it's not easy when you've got um so much going on board of course car chaser was founded by yourself and trevor blue uh, and you guys have really really pushed the brand forward with a lot of the team that you have of course a lot of the the uh, as we like to say in the uk commentators but as you guys say in the us it's the announcing team you know whoever's on color whoever's on play by play um let's wind back a few months to the las vegas motor speedway uh super nats 26 record viewing figures on the car chaser youtube channel which literally blew up when danny formal became one of a handful of people that has won four supernats titles we saw the one of the biggest comebacks i think from uh well a, a guy that we've both commentated on before davide fore uh who won it in master shifter coming from way back when to win it with just a handful of laps remaining um, Supernats really has come up another level with you guys providing the coverage. Um, it wasn't that easy though, was it? Because there were, there's always trials and tribulations whenever you're running an organization that is not just providing broadcasting, but you're having to get the, the, the team. And of course yourself, uh, also calling out all the drivers before the main, main final. So you get that real sort of blue Ryband event feel like the pomp and circumstance you had. E-Carting News is Rob Howden, the voice of the Grand Finals, Henry Baudet. We had Mike Smith. We had all the people in pit lane. What was what was the real feeling being there when the adrenaline is kicking through, not just as a commentator, but as someone who has who knows and lives and breathes this business day in, day out? So this year was, was a little different. We got to do it for the very first time back at the end of 2022, and that was our first full season. Um, and, you know, that year 
and even really a lot of 2023 event by event, we were just kind of figuring things out of what to scale, how many people, how many cameras, um, you know, what would be an extra thing that could level up. And so, you know, I know that we want to talk about Supernats 26, but really even that event goes back all the way to the summer of 2022. And so we're doing events through the year. We ended up doing about 27 races, ending with Supernats 25 that year, taking over from the company they had previously, which was the only American stream uh, streamed race uh, really in the last five or 10 years besides us, uh, was uh, a group that was a satellite arm from CBS Sports in 2021. They, I think they did it in, in 2019 as well. Uh, but they only did Sunday. Um, and, and there was just a much bigger production company. So it was a much higher budget. The SKUs had to put out kind of on a flat rate. We were obviously a whole lot lower being a new business, trying to get in and not exactly knowing everything that we were doing through the year 2022. And we get to August, which is the, uh, SKUs summer nationals, I guess, end of July into August, which is the end of their three race, regular national championship for the SKUs pro tour. We're sitting down, we're kind of talking, okay, how can we do the super Nats? And Tom Kutcher, uh, the series owner, he goes to me, he's like, can you just give me, you know, blank check, what would your biggest production scale be? And let's do this as a collaborative effort. Whereas all the other events on the year, you know, and especially with a lot of the other race series, it's, hey, I don't know what the value is on, you know, a stream in general. It's not something we've normally spent a whole lot of money on. We haven't even spent maybe a lot of money on video marketing or digital marketing. So, you know, that's why a lot of our model kind of turned out to be the way it was. So we sat down pen to paper. And we said, okay, this would be cool. This would be cool. We could double up on this, double up on that, more cameras, et cetera. All right, here we go. And signed off and did it in 22. And that was a big first year because then we were able to measure our Super Sunday metrics then, which was about 42,000 or maybe 39,000 against the metric of 2021 uh, when the previous streamer did it. And they only had 21,000 views. So in the first attempt, we about doubled what the previous guy had done. And that was, I think, a big testament to all the brand work we had done. And then we go back around to this year and it's like, all right, how can we go even bigger, right? The last, the year before we did driver walkouts for the top 10. Well, this year, the top 10 got a full 30 second hype video and we introed the whole field for the two headline classes. Um, and we got to work with the event promoter where we put the coke guards onto the racetrack to be a little more, you know, have some more pageantry to it. Um, Scusa on their own accord worked out a really cool deal to get a much bigger Jumbotron. Um, and then we added more people. We had uh, a team of three people strictly on social media content on site on the weekend, another one off site, which is pretty normal for us. In total, we had about 22 to 23 on staff, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, all the on track angles, two full sets of pit reporters, a specific guy on instant replays, which we hadn't done. And we'd only been starting to be able to get to do it. Um, and I have to have a huge, huge, huge thank you and kudos to, uh, to, to Luke and Will at Alpha Live because they were uh, the ones that helped us design the brand new graphic system that we ran for starting lineups, results, and, and tickers. And, you know, the thing about doing any kind of live production event, whether it's for TV or it's a stage show, nobody knows exactly uh, you know, what's a mistake or what's an error if you can cover really well. And and no one knows if you miss the mark on something like you do. So, you know, for me going through that whole week, uh, it's it was a lot of headaches. Uh, you know, funny enough, on Wednesday, when we normally do a dark broadcast day for that race, bring the whole team in and do a practice run off offline, 9.30 in the morning, a big gust of wind comes through, blows over a laptop, destroys the screen, blows over this other monitor, destroys 
destroyed screen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we just lost like a ton of equipment. I thought the whole laptop was completely done. And so it meant to run over to a, a micro center down the road, got the laptop fixed. They gave us a borrowed screen, which was super nice of them. Uh, came back, solved that problem. And then the rest of the week was just kind of solving problems. We signed uh, the title sponsor, Don't Sleep Energy Drink, on Monday evening. So, you know, events like that, that's where it's fun to talk about once you get through the storm mm -hmm. of this was an insane story of how it all came together. But it actually, in the moment, is not all that fun. It is very, very stressful. And I didn't even eat uh, a thing Besides maybe like a, a little breakfast protein shake in the morning on Super Sunday until we had finally gotten into and completed the pro shifter main uh, because I was so worried about screwing something up on the live run and how we were doing the driver intros and the rest of the day. And mm. uh, yeah, it, it's it's a lot. And, and I thankfully this year, you know, had the foresight to bring in a superstar like Henry you know, bring back a superstar like Mike. Obviously, Rob is the voice of the Supernats. He's always going to be there. But that allowed me to to run errands off-site Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday when we were really operating. And then, you know, Saturday and Sunday get to kind of float around a little bit and, and manage the whole thing and then just kind of jump in for fun when I'd like to, you know, on commentary. So, yeah, it's 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 a insane production for us every year. I have a terrible addiction of trying to be really aggressive with growth and try new stuff a little bit early. Rob's always trying to caution me, be like, you got, you're doing really good. Like you don't need to, you know, yeah. swing for a grand slam every single time you can, we, we can hit a few singles and we'll, we'll get around the bases. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it obviously went really good. Views were really good. Um, and, and we just have the best team. You know, we have such a huge cast of characters that are, that are, you know, so, so motivated, so passionate. And at the end of the, day super sunday even like during night rehearsals we were doing these guys are having way too much fun um <laughs> you know messing around with trying to get the timing right for driver intros they're dancing on the stage and everything they're camera guys like it so it, it's oh, a yeah. fun week for them it's a stressful week for me yeah i i completely understand that because you when it's you're the one running the show and you're trying to make sure that all the all the chess pieces are in place that there's no stone left unturned it's like with myself with a lot of the streams that I do, and Henry, Henry, who I've tried to get on the show so far, uh, every single time, it's not that he's been evading me. It's just that it hasn't worked out for one reason or another. So, Mr. Bodet, got to make sure your ass is on this show later on this year. 100% that's going to happen. Whether we have to yeah. wait until the grand finals in Sarno this year, I don't really care. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of like, from my perspective, when a, a lot of people think when you are doing a live stream and with camp company GmbH who I've been working with for the past six years there has been a significant amount of investment and and you'll understand this as well Xander that you're the amount of tech that you bring you're not just bringing computers you're possibly bringing uh, your own modems for 5G Wi-Fi connections. You've then got the screens. You've then got the camera gear. Then you've got all the cabling. You've got to bring extension cables. God knows whatever else. The amount of equipment I see is normally four cameras with e uh, encoders and decoders, which allow us to do a 10, 1080p 60 frame a second. Uh, then I'm dictating how the runner show is going to go. So I understand that attention to detail. And being a Virgo, yes... Virgos are very, very 
pernickety when it comes to all the little details. But as you said, you're you're fighting fires all the time. But there's that gratification, as you said, at the end of it all, when the dust has settled, you're now able to chill out, have a drink with the crew, have a meal, and go like, God, we got through that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you wake up the next day or even you see some of the live comments and, um, you know, for the most part, a lot of it's so positive, right? I think, you know, it's pretty evident, um, you know, here stateside and anyone that, that sees what we do that how much we're pushing the envelope um, and and we get a lot of appreciation. There's there's no I mean, there's no doubt about it that we wouldn't be anywhere close to where we are and we might not even be here at all if it weren't for you know, a super supportive paddock, a super supportive industry, um, you know, top to bottom from, from families, um, you know, drivers, team owners, series owners, manufacturers, you name it. Uh, and, and not just, you know, kind words, but Hey, do you need help getting, you know, this from point A to point B? Are you a little bit low on, on your advertising capacity right now? Do you need, you know, a little bit, Hey, I'll buy an ad, right. It may not, mm -hmm. not even make sense for what I'm trying to sell, or I might've already been done it, but you know, let me keep this going because I like what you're doing. I see you're working hard and, and I see that you care. And um, that's been one of the cooler things about it, that when you go through these stressful weekends and you have the, you know, really demanding schedule that we do and you put in all that time mm -hmm. um, and, and you can see the appreciation. And I think what's been one of the coolest aspects is, you know, I have didn't get to really you know, race to the level that I would have liked. But even then, I didn't really get in until I was about 12 years old. I was begging my parents since I was six or seven making PowerPoints and everything. But we just, money was never there. And we had no intel really more than anything. Mm -hmm. So as our financial situation got better as I grew up, not only that, we found some friends that were doing it. And that was the confidence that we, we felt enough to buy a go-kart. But I read every, you know, EKN article, Kart 360 article, T-Kart article, video online, um, you know, from 2008 on and was a huge fan of the sport. And so, you know, as I got into racing more, I still stayed a fan and, and looked up to senior drivers and, and, uh, you know, idolized a lot of people. And so to see the young kids, you know, having what we're able to put out and idolize and become fans of, mm -hmm. of, of the superstars of our sport. And then, you know, even for me, like I, to, to get asked by, you know, a parent, uh, you know, a dad or mom saying, Hey, you know, my son or, or my daughter's a you know huge fan of Cart Chaser, a huge fan of you and what you do. Would you mind taking a picture? They're a little bit too nervous to come and say hi. And yeah. I was that kid that was too nervous to come and say hi all the way into my early teens with, with people that I, I looked up to. Um, so, I mean, you have moments like that and, and all of the you know, hard work, the stress of trying to build a small business and mm -hmm. not knowing how you're going to make ends meet at times and, and going through months like what we had in December where it's, you know, and what's our schedule going to look like? Am I going to have enough events to pay all my people? Are we going to have any advertising at all? Is you know, all the money going to go where it needs to go? Are we going to be able to grow like we hope we are? Or um, All of that is is 100% worth it when you see, you know, the the impact that, that we get to make and, and that gets echoed. So you get through an event like Supernats and, um, you know, you see everything online. You hear it from everyone in the pits. It's It's super, super cool and rewarding. Yeah, I mean, like I say, folks, I I didn't care how late I was staying up. I was watching every single second of the awesome coverage from 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 all the team at Car Chaser. And the thing is, is that 
being a f- fellow commentator and, and someone who understands the sport is that you have an appreciation for people who are in the same field. And so Zander, that that to me, it's great that you guys are just pushing the envelope um, out there at the stateside. It's it's great because it gives us an opportunity. Like I still remember um, Chase Hand. And I was like thinking, holy cow, that's Joey Hans' kid. And like looking at how tall he is now. And I still remember meeting Joey when Joey was running for BMW Motorsport for DTM. Uh, mm-hmm. Wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. And it's so cool. Oh, he's awesome, man. I, I mean, like the first man to, to to use the hashtag giddy up on social media was Joey Hand, plain and simple. And and now you and now I was that was the first first hashtag that came into my mind when it went, Oh Jesus, Joey Hand oh is and his boys out there and he's doing really, really well. I, I think it's just like and then you see the amount of Brits that are now coming over. Because I want to get into yeah. Now you've already talked about this on episode eleven of the Zander Clements podcast on Cart Chaser, which has just gone online. So link for that, folks, is down in the description below, and it'll give you a bit more information about what is changing for Cart Chaser for twenty twenty four. Because I want I want to let Zander to tell that via that podcast. So that'll be in the uh, yeah. links in the description below. I've already watched it. Great show. Um, and if you want me to be a guest on there, I'll be more than happy to reciprocate, my friend. So thank you. Um, but I think there's there's been a lot of changes. I mean, Danny Formal has re-signed to a part-time schedule with uh, Rollinson Performance Group, who just received the Car Chaser Team of the Year Award. Great to hear from Mike Rollinson um, on the Car Chaser shows socials. But I think the biggest news was that longtime Birrell ART driver Martin Kramers has just signed with Tony Kart for 2024. Um, And that's big news. Uh, I think not just for uh, the UK, but then could that mean that a factory Tony Kart outfit in the US could say to Martin and say, right, come on, try and get one up on Danny Formal for 2024 at Super Nats. Could we see that happening? I think so. Well, you know, Martin, I've got a great relationship with marion over these last couple of years um you know he he is a really great guy we've had a lot of fun times together at the track away from the track um you know there, there's times that we'll we, we get we love to get airbnbs for cart chaser for our team because we're right at that sweet spot size usually at around eight to ten people mm-hmm. um you know end of the weekend we'll host everyone have a little party and, and invite yeah. people over and have a good time and, and marion's always one of the first ones like hey you know, where are we hanging out tonight? Like, you know, what, what are we, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's such a, such a good guy. And, uh, so, you know, I, I've known him a while and I, I know he'd love to, you know, eventually, uh, it sounds like at least, you, you know, maybe even build a life over here and live over here, you know, down the line. And, and, you know, the, the unfortunate part for him is as good as he is and as talented as he is and mm-hmm. as deserving as he is to make, you know, to get paid for the next 25 years, you know, making, uh, loads amount of money in professional motorsport. You know, if you don't have money, it, it's a lot harder to get there. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm super happy for him with Tony Card. And you look at the schedule, because I had sexing him. He's like, I think the dates line up to run not just the Supernats, but the Scusa Pro Tour. The Supernats is an easy one to get to. That normally always falls outside of yeah. the realm of, uh, you know, the KZ guys especially. But even the OK and OKJ schedule. Um, mm-hmm. There was like only one year I can remember in the last five to ten where it hit, and it was when the worlds went to Bahrain and moved later into the year. 
So uh, yes, uh, yeah, I remember yeah. that because Antonio Pisonia Senior had qualified through the Winter Trophy, but ended up doing Supernats instead that year, if I remember correctly, in twenty one. Uh, mm-hmm. So well, yeah. that that for the Rotax Grand Finals, but also there was an FIA World Championship race, I think, around that time a couple of years prior too, mm-hmm. um, at Bahrain. Uh, but yeah, I, for sure, it you know I would imagine him coming over here, um, you know, for Supernats. I think optimistically he gets over here for the pro tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when you look at logistics for them, right. Uh, the, the main OTK team, you know, is Rawlison performance group, right? Yeah. They're not Tony cart. They're cosmic to be fair, but you know, whenever they send over factory vortex guys, that's only where they go. Um, you know, there are some other really, really good Tony cart teams out there. Ryan Perry motorsports one, uh, the Brandon jars crack racing and Mike Doty racing outfit together, you know, that's not a globally known brand. They don't have a big digital presence. Uh, mm. But, you know, those are two kind of American greats of two different generations. Jars Crack was racing, actually, when the Cart Chaser brand started in 2020. And he um, was kind of the East Coast, uh, Eastern U.S. champion four times over when Norberg was the four-time Western half champion. Norberg won four Scusa Pro Tour titles. Jars Crack won four U.S. Pro Kart Series titles, mm-hmm. and then it was like they, they, that was you know two guys at the same Jars Crack about a year and a half older, and now he's doing his own race team. So they have a huge contingent. They're based at one of our most popular tracks. Our PFI, if you will, is Trackhouse Motorplex, formerly GoPro Motorplex. So I could see maybe there, right? But they don't do a lot of shifter stuff. Mm-hmm. And from RPG's perspective. You've already got Danny Formal. They're bringing in Cooper Becklin as kind of a new yep. number two guy to develop into being maybe a Formal level guy. So, is there a big benefit for Marion to go? You know, from Rawlis and Performance Group's perspective, maybe, maybe not. You know, there's strength yeah. in numbers when you dominate the way GFC did in the middle part of the year. But I think for sure he wants to get there. Um, Tony Kart knows they sell a lot of go-karts based on their Scusa Pro Tour and USPKS series results, mm-hmm. along with the Supernats. So it only helps them to have another guy that can fill the podium. Um, and the dates line up for the Pro Tour. And one thing that you know is super exciting this year is is all the purse money and prizes that are going to be on the American regular season championship. Scusa Pro Tour for the X30 Pro and the shifter classes is a 50 grand evaluation on the season for uh prize money and and that's not just the top three in each race it's the top 10 in the championship mm-hmm. and the top 10 also have a contingency of entry and tires for the following year and the uspks always comes with a big amount of prize money that'll at least for sure probably be the same per weekend and something pretty beefy for their their championship as well so when you look at it like that if you think a guy can win you don't even have to worry about the cost per se, right? Mm-hmm. If, there's also a, a, a team bonus of five grand for the two guys as if they pick uh, for the season with the constructors like F1. So if you, man, Danny Formal and Marin Kremers, like what a one-two punch that would be. That would, you know, yeah, that'd be, that, that'd be like uh, Deontay Wilder throwing a hate, uh, an overhand right and knocking his next opponent out. I mean, that you know, coming back to RPG as well for the X30 Pro lineup, you know, you've got Donovan Benella and Ryan Norberg both returning full-time. Uh, Hayden mm-hmm. Jones returning for the full Scooza calendar and also for selected USPKS events. I mean, again, Norberg, as you said, has been a multi-time stateside champion and runs his own academy. Um, mm-hmm. 
Um, Donovan Benella's really, really showcasing good prowess and is gaining racecraft all the time. I mean, Mike Rollinson's got a trio of drivers there that I think are going to not just wipe the floor with everybody, but make an impact and a, and a big one too. I mean, they have done, you know, when you look at, and I tell parents this all the time, when you look at a team and you want to judge how how good that team is, you look at their in-house developed talents, right? Ryan Norberg was an all-star already before he went to RPG. And granted, his role at RPG is not just to go win races. It's to be the driver coach for the majority of the drivers on the team as well. It's what Formal does. He normally works with the juniors when they normally don't have a whole lot of shifters. Formal works, or uh, Norberg will work with a lot of seniors. Um, and they'll even have sometimes a specialized guy in the 100cc senior class to work mm. with with everyone. But they all do training weekends. And so Donovan Bonilla, you know, Ernesto Rivera, um, you know, even Max Taylor to a degree. Those are kind of like in-house developed superstars. Mm-hmm. And and RPG's been doing this for years. The the most recent and and the only female to win a headline Scusa Pro Tour championship in the series 14-year history uh, is Hannah Greenemeyer. And she was under RPG's development from when she was in mini all the way through juniors and into senior and beat Ryan to a Scusa Pro Tour National Championship in 2021. Um, so they've produced a lot of drivers that come in. They're with them for one to two years and they level up. And Hayden Jones is another example of that because Hayden was was good at his home track um, previously when he moved into senior and he was decent. He was maybe a fifth to 15th place driver. Um, and then once he jumped over to RPG in the fall of 2022, uh, or sorry, it was maybe mid 2020, maybe it was for the 2022 season. It was mm-hmm. fall of 21 into 2022 signed with them. I mean, he, a whole new level started winning some races. And then when he came back to them in 2023, after going to the current Republic guys goes right back to the top. So, you know, that's, that's not just, a superstar driver that is, you know, a superstar team. And what a lot of people don't understand when you're at the track is a lot of the team setups look similar, big hauler, nice, pretty tent, good hospitality area. You don't see the work that goes beyond the races. RPG is the closest thing we in America have to a factory race team all the way to the training center and, and factory setup they have that, that you won't ever see. Um, I've only heard stories about it, but I know just from hearing about it and seeing the results they have that they have everything they need to go probably go head to head with any major factory over in Italy right now. If, if you took that building and you plop that across the pond, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, over here in the UK. Um, we have several top teams such as Strawberry Racing, uh, which is the OTK arm for the United Kingdom and continental Europe when it comes to Rotax. But then you've got mm-hmm. Dan Holland Racing. And whenever I see their awning, big, big ass tray, you know, big ass hauler, you know, um, great tent. And I then, when I walk in, you know, like as commentators, we we like to go and not sort of bum rush them, but we sometimes doorstep the tents and catch up with certain drivers that we've gotten to know. And people might say, yeah, well, you guys have favorites. No, we don't have favourites. There are people that stand out to us, and if there's something that's quite not quite right, you need to build that story into the broadcast. So the first thing you're going to go is to like, what happened? Like heat three, uh, like say for instance, BNL Karting Series Austrian 
last August. Great battle between, I think it was Bran van der Weken and Vic van Kampenau. One was running on an X3 for GKS, which used to run the likes of Jensen Button back in his days over in continental mm -hmm. Europe. Uh, Vic van Kampenau running on the Formula K, uh, effectively a Praga underneath. Um, mm -hmm. Then Linus Stern going into this, you know, like where you get those sort of like piff paff chicanes and you get those nasty bits of curbing. Well, mm -hmm. Vic van Kampenhout is ahead of Bran van der Weyken and has mullered the curb with the left rear. And what's on that side? The chain. And literally has jumped off the sprocket and taken him out. So he's like literally pulled over to the left-hand side. And it's only when I got going, went to speak to his dad and I said, what happened? He went, yeah, he walloped the curb, chain came off. Those mm. are the things. So like if you see a, you know, like say, Joe Turney, Brandon Carl, we'll get onto them in a minute, especially with the big news about Trinity Cart Group for 2024, which is huge. And I'm really, really excited uh, about that because Joe and Brandon have come over, along with the likes of Harley Keeble, who's sticking with Sodi Cart USA for next year, uh, for this year. Mm -hmm. I, I can't believe it. We're a few days in and I'm doing it already. You've probably done it as well, Zander, like saying, yeah, next year. Oh, shit, it's already 2024. I, I paused for a second saying 2024. I was about to say 2023. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready yet. But, no, neither, uh, but it's ne here. neither am I. But it's we always find those stories. But let's get on to TKG. You know, yeah. Factory, Cart Republic team, uh, Diana Chiesa, sing, really, really pleased. And we've got Brandon Carr, who was lightning quick last year. Joe, uh, I know Joe back from when he was running with KR Sport. Um, yeah. Uh, I still remember him back in 2018 um, doing an absolute number on everybody. Won the weekend, clean sweep. Um, just a great guy. Great ambassador for karting. Great addition to Kart Republic, of course. The FI World Championships last year. An unfortunate set of circumstances, but they've got... Uh, so Joe's going to be joining the team when his calendar allows. Brandon's now joined them full-time, along with Finnegan Bailey, a bailiff as well, uh, for the X30 Pro lineup. And then we go to Gavin Bailiff joining for a full-season Pro Shifter campaign. That's exciting for, for TKG. And I'm really pleased that they've got the Cart Republic um, in, endorsement by Diana Chiesa for 2024 over in the States. Yeah, um, so, so TKG is... Uh it's a it's a family-owned brand um you know the bailiff family owns it so obviously gavin and, and and finn will drive for them forever um you know but the boys the boys work hard it's 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 a really well done race team it's based at the motorsports country club of cincinnati which the family also owns so by having a track having a real life dyno and you know i'm hoping this year that you know maybe we can do some stuff with them that really shows off the you know level that that facility is at because um, you know, they, they have an engine builders paradise in the back room. They can print their own, you know, they've got their own sticker printer. They've got a great relationship with their own in-house suit. So mm -hmm. another team that, you know, is developing itself to be like the likes of, of RPG, um, and is already very, very close, uh, when it comes to the presentation of, you know, the at track presence, um, you know, the facilities that they have at their home base in Cincinnati, Ohio, is also there all that they were really missing was that last bit of expertise and, and touch um you know that they had really well in the in the micro and the mini categories with a really good coach that came along lucas palacio won everything under the sun in our mini categories mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and so they had a lot, lot of drivers coming over there and it was very similar to the fusion guys that you guys have over there. Yeah. Um, you know, for the, for the year, it felt like of how good they were, but they were lacking, you know, a bit of pace and a bit of really more so consistency. Um, and that comes down to having expertise, in the tent guiding with setup. And when Turney was over here, he was kind of on an Island because he was with the smaller satellite KR team, Chad Dock and racing. And so the way that the structure was in 2023 was KR would send Turney and the KR distributor here for the U S which is uh, uh, the same ownership group that owns Trackhouse motorplex imports, the IAMI and MG tires engines and owns the Homestead uh, AMR motorplex that I used to work at. That same group is the KR importer as well. And so they would kind of, they don't do a race team since they import the tires and the engines anymore. And they just kind of would place Joe in one tent or another to help support any of the random dealer teams. Mm -hmm. He was never really with the Trinity guys. He was only with Chad Dawkins. That was a newer team. They wanted to help out and send the superstar there. Trinity was kind of set and, and good. Now, uh, with him going to Trinity exclusively, and you have Brandon Carr, who I talked about a little bit on that podcast yesterday that, you know, the places where Brandon wasn't fast, one of the few places was the Cincinnati racetrack. And I know Finn will be fast. And Finn and Gavin both kind of jumped into X30 when they were pretty young um, and then split apart, did a lot more K racing the last few years, have had some good runs over the last couple of years doing the semi-pro category here we have at all of our races with the 100cc division. Um, but then this year, again, both those boys working for the team, the Scusa Pro Tour, the Stars Championship Series, doing a completely new race format. That's a split day structure with the pro classes in a total end of the day. And so Finn and Gavin can go back to being team employees, essentially, for 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Um, that's the extra push that that'll allow them to get to move back up to, to pro categories full time, which Gavin did a lot of last year and in, in shifter stuff anyway. So. I think Finn with kind of a, you know, uh, it's almost like a, a driver, you know, an F1 standards going from a, a top team to, you know, like an Alex Albon type scenario, maybe didn't yeah. perform right off the rip, goes down, develops, and is going to come back up and is going to perform really, really well. Um, and Gavin's only gotten faster and faster in the shifter. So I think those guys will be good. Um, and again, when you put, you know, Joe, Joe hasn't had any teammates to both compare data off of and coach in the way Ryan has. And I'd put, you know, you got two superstar talents there. So to have Carr be able to be with Joe and Brandon's already a really fast, super talented kid on his own. And for Finn as well, when, mm. when Finn ran and Gavin ran, they were the lead drivers and they were developing on their own, trying to get coached. But everyone behind, you know, the rest of the tent was for the most part slower than them. So now they've got you know, one to two fast guys joining them, at least on the X30 side that, yep. you know, if, if Finn to warm himself back to X30 at a certain track, he's not fast that he's not going to be on an Island. He's going to have teammates. And I think those guys um, are going to do really good. And like you said, to have Dino's stamp of approval to make that the official team that comes because the Sodi guys uh, with Harley, especially invaded in the U S in a strong way. And it was, you know, an eye opener, I think, for a lot of other manufacturers that, wow, we need to take the U.S. market a little bit more seriously and we need to start really getting some factory backed efforts here. And for Trinity to have that, the facilities are there. They're going to do really good this year. So it, it's exciting to watch on the sidelines, you know, to see all this stuff come together. Mm -hmm. And as an American, to see more guys want to come and race over here, there's a lot of pride in that that I take for sure. Yeah, I mean, let's now turn to GFC. Uh, they've re, yeah. re, re signed Kyle Wick, who was. 
absolutely mm-hmm. brilliant at Supernats 26, uh, Jacob Gulick, and they've now brought Hunter Pickett on board as well. Um, so a nice bit of consistency for, for GFC there. I would, because uh, if I remember correctly, that's also where Chase Hand, son of long-time mm-hmm. sports car man who's getting back in the in the stang with Ford Performance for 2024, Joey Hand. Uh, Chase was incredibly impressive at, at Supernats 26 uh, this past fall. Um, great mm-hmm. to see that GFC have got a bit of consistency and that Kyle's really looking forward to being back with the team, but also helping the younger drivers in the in in the team actually evolve as well. Uh, again, another showcase of the older generation of well-known, well-documented American kart racers helping to bring the new generation in. Yeah. So Kyle and his dad, you know, they have a lot of kind of, you know, they they have the, kind of their own almost regional satellite team set up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, you know, they're, they're kind of an extra extension of the GFC brand. Uh, and, and they're going to have their own, you know, drivers are going to take down under the GFC tent to the West Coast Winter Series, the Challenge of the Americas that unfortunately we won't be covering. But, you know, we'll see GFC at the Scusa Pro Tour, um, you know, and you talk, you know, I'm talking about in-house factory setups. Trinity's, you know, almost there. RPG, you know, is absolutely there. Uh, GFC is is pretty much there as well in the KZ category and was on pole at Supernats with a guy that nobody would have picked to go to pole, would have never picked to win a race a year ago with Jacob Gulick, and both drivers were fast enough to win. Kyle Wick especially coming to the field to go to sixth, and Gulick would have been there had he not crashed with AJ in the top five also. Mm. Against all of the factory TMs, factory Vortex with Danny, it was an American engine builder uh, with Swede Tech, and then an IAMI KZ. So, um, you know, one of, the, one of the few in the field. So they also are like a full you know, in-house deal. And the most exciting thing you know, uh, is that they're going to, they're putting together a team to go to the FIA KZ world championships this year and, and mm. fully represent a complete American effort. And again, talk about American pride, right? Like Gary Carlton was our superstar for, you know, a decade from the late 2000s to the early 2010s is one of the only paid true factory American U S drivers. And, um, so now to have his own race team, his own brand, his chassis line, again, the GFC brand, he's very adamant. It's, it's a brand. It's an all-in-one thing that we want everyone to get a part of. We're not just a race team. We're not just a chassis. We're, you know, we're everything. Um, and, and to have that brand get an international presence over in the FIA stuff is really exciting. And then Hunter Pickett coming back, you know, they, mm. they have a close relationship, the Pickett family does, with, with Gary. He drove with them very, for many years on the brand before going to PSL and then now it's kind of a, a homecoming for Hunter to be back with them. It mm-hmm. uh, makes a lot of sense. He lives, you know, right near they 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 share workspace at the shop. Uh the Jim Weed Energy Drink, which is the latest drink from the Pickett family, which I don't know if you're super familiar with them, but grandfather Pickett uh found in Muscle Milk and they're yes. still very well involved in the drink space. Of course Muscle Milk had the Muscle Milk team and uh American Le Mans series for many, many years and yeah. plenty of other racing. So. If, if I remember Jan Marlenbrough, yeah, Jan Marlenbrough actually raced with them as well. Uh, and I still remember, yeah. um, for those wondering, uh, yeah, it is the the Welshman from Cardiff in Wales, which is actually where some of my, my family uh, are based and not too far from where Henry lives. Um, that's where he's from. His dad actually used to play soccer, or as you call it in the States, uh, or as we call it football over here in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing is, this is where 
even though there are slight differences in terminologies that either myself or Xander would use, the thing is, I'd rather tell you people both terms because then there's no conflict. There's no, <laughs> there's there's no sort of arguing with each other. Um, but mm-hmm. I think I think it's yeah, Muscle Milk has been long so. I mean, I've watched so much. American racing, and I'm not just talking karting, uh, you know, uh, IndyCar, um, IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I even watched the, the MX-5s that have been, you know, when you have like the likes of Shea Adam and John Heindel uh, commentating on, and it's absolute madness at every single circuit. But yeah, um, so again, another drink, uh, another drinks brand from the Pickett family. Well, small world, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they they they're still super involved in the space, um, and uh, you know, super supportive. And you know, they've got uh, you know, um, Hunter's nephew uh, is Turner Brown, who was the the junior kid that doubled up at Supernats uh, as well. Uh, and then uh, you know, Hunter is now a two-time dad. He just had his second son earlier this year. I believe it was his son, second kid for sure. I think it was uh, second. But I know that the oldest boy. Uh, already has his baby cart ready to go. So generation oh. number four for the Pickett family racing lineage is not far away. And I remember asking Hunter, I was like, how many more years you got left in? He's <laughs> like, oh, no, she knows that I want to keep doing going. So we're going to keep on racing until I can't. Um, so uh, so but they're, they're great people. So that's cool to see them together. Sounds a bit like the Pisonia family, doesn't it? With uh, father, I think so. and, yeah. father and son. Uh, racing, uh, but then we we turn our attention to PSL. Uh, Hunter leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mateus Morgato, the most recent Brazilian FIA World Champion, uh, joins Diego Ramos, um, and Mateus is going to be running in Pro Shifter all season. That's pretty exciting, uh, considering what chassis he was running on when he won the world title a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, for for him. Uh, He's got a busy year, man. Uh, you know, Ramos is going to be an American-only guy. Um, you know, they sent him to the Rock International Final last year. I think mm-hmm. he got the ticket to the Florida Winter Tour, um, and they were, they set up a deal to get him to go and run that, which was pretty cool of them. But he's, you know, um, lives in Orlando, Florida. He's from Brazil. It's an all-Brazilian lineup, but he uh, Ramos lives in the States here and does a lot of, you know, coaching work at Orlando. So his racing schedule is kind of where he can. And it's, uh, you know, PSL helps him out enough where, you know, he's able to, to get the paid drive to run for them on X 30. And it sounds like they're going to be doing some OKN stuff this year with the star series, but I'm not sure where their, their schedule is going to lie, but I could see it mm-hmm. being that they're the TM related team for the States. And then, yeah, Morgato, you know, he dipped his toes into gearbox stuff last year. Every once in a while, an American race, Marion would let uh, Mateus go out on the Thursday test day and play around with the shifter. Um, and I knew that you know that was the next challenge, right? For you know the typical FIA ladder, if you win the OK Championship, you know the last few guys, it's all right, time to start getting into the KZ2 class. So mm. he did that last year, but he also still ran OK. Uh, you know, over here he just ran single speed. Um, and we talked about it on the show too. It's like, this is the first time since, uh, about probably AJ Myers that a superstar from the single speed pro class moves up and over into the pro shifter class. And I think he's going to do really, really good because, you know, the European level of shifter racing, um, is similar to how we've always compared ourselves when, when you look at the FIA level more than anything, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that 
we're lacking on drivers that can go to the absolute limit. Um, I think Supernats and, and some of the other Pro Tour events have shown that with that when we bring in other superstars to American racing that, you know, they don't just put 30 seconds on us. But there's so many more of them. Um, and the hardest thing about shifter racing is passing and defending and, and getting a, navigating traffic. Mm-hmm. So the fact that his first year was done with European races, I think it's going to be a walk in the park in the transition over in America when you don't have 30 guys around you at the same speed. You have more like five to 10. Um, and, you know, uh, an even softer launch is what we'll see next week with the Scusa Winter Series, because that normally that region of the country doesn't have a lot for shifters. Um, and with it being a more expensive category to run, uh, you don't see a lot, you know, of guys travel. I mean, Danilo Albanese, I'm sure we'll uh, get to as well on another. Uh, yeah, you know, who we'll, guy. we'll be getting on to next anyway with Inter MS. Yeah, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's not running shifter at the Winter Series. The FIA KZ, you know, pro shifter European champion is not running shifter in the yeah. first race. He's going to run X30. He'll wait on shifter for the Pro Tour. So next week, it looks like it's around probably going to be around 15 guys. It'll be four mile racing and then Morgado. And I think Mateus can probably, you know, put some pressure on him to be. I, I, I think he's going to be really, really good. And we've seen the Burrell shifter obviously begin with Marin. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Marin was trying to close in on Danny in the in the main event, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on, on pro shifter at Supernats 26. But yeah, let's let's turn our attention to Inter MS. So Danilo Albanese, current reigning defending uh, FI European champion. Unfortunately, not able to make it past the opening lap, if anyone might have seen the absolute cluster. Uh, I'm not going to put the F word after that one. Um, there's only so many limits that I will go to uh, where we saw uh, Troger go. Uh, also, we saw Emilian Denner. Um, and that was not his first major accident in the final through no fault of his own. Um, we also had lap one when you uh, basically said, uh, and, th- and these are the words, and I quote what this particular announcer said, look at the big guy all the way round, round the outside, but he goes a little bit deep, and then straight away they go into turn two, and Denner's off. Well, he's, he's, he's turned around, he's 90 degrees the wrong way, front fairing's off, and he's out on the opening lap. Um Denner just doesn't seem to have any luck at the minute, does he? I mean, first Vuckersdorf oh and then Supernats in, in Pro Shifter, both on the opening lap. Yeah, now the comment said the same thing, and my heart broke as soon as I saw that guy get turned in front of the field because, you know, um, he is such a likable guy, and hmm. he has such a good and, you know, vibrant and, and fun personality. I mean, you know... We're we're really used to the first time that a driver gets running up front and we start putting them through the media ringer a lot that it takes a while to come out of the shell. You know, Mm -hmm. took about a race or two for Joe Turney to be comfortable with all the extra media we do. And by the end of the year, he was having a ton of fun with it. You know, Mateus Margato in in the Florida Winter Tour 2022, you know, was a bit tough. And Diego Ramos as well. And now, you know. Mateus is asking me to do TikToks. Oh and, no! Uh, you know, and and before it was like pulling teeth to get him to do them, right? Mm. Um, so uh, for like Senna Van Walstein and and Emilian, both guys when they came over here, like right off the gun, great on camera, super great off camera to talk to, you know, and and everyone echoes the same. Thing. I mean, he's just, you know, we had the little segment where him and uh, you know uh, Detulio and and um, 
Uh-huh. Harley, we're trying to draw the Supernats track and different layouts, and he's just such a fun guy. So you want to root for him. He's so likable, and to have him have the year that he had, where, gosh, he he should have taken some big wins, uh-huh. and di- because to me, right, that wreck, it 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 obviously took him out. In my opinion, it also took Marion out of contention because Marion kind of ramped over uh, the rear, rear right rear tire, I think, of him or someone else. Um, and so that probably bent him a little bit, but also that wreck sent Marion back four seconds. He ended up about two and a half seconds back at the line. Mm-hmm. Has that if that wreck doesn't happen, there's a lot more players in there. And Denner was my pick to win because watching him through the heat races and even talking with Formal at the end of the night, one of the nights, he was one of the only guys that could stay in a higher gear in some of the sections that were, you know, really, really tight and twisty, like that infield chicane. And you could see it perfectly on the broadcast in that last corner, like how much grip he had uh, in his car and his package and how he was driving it. I mean, he looked like a freaking rocket ship. And I think with how cold the track got in that main by taking the 20, 30 minute break to or probably about 15, 20 to prep the track and then do driver intros, he would have been gone. I, I, I think if he does not get spun on the first lap, we're sitting here two months later talking about a million Denner as the Supernats 26 champion. All the respect in the world, the formal, it goes out, but there's no question that guy is is a stud. And he, I hope this year is his year, you know? Mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking, you know, that if, if, if things had been clean on those opening couple of corners, you know, through that hairpin left at, at turn one, you know, that heavy braking zone with Danny just, you know, just going for it because he knew he had nothing. He he thought, right, okay, I've got to put some pressure on people and that's got to be Emilian, that's got to be Marin. And I could tell just by the way he just, now I'm not a competitive racer, but I know when for when the driver's going to risk it. And, and that was what I saw from Danny. He just threw it around the outside and went, oh, this could be a three horse race, but only for the first maybe five to 10 laps. Well, you could probably see that Emilian might, if Emilian got in front of Martin and Danny, that he might have played a little bit of the, uh, played a little bit of a chess game, just kept the car, you know, not let the tyres degrade whilst the other two were trying to have to push to catch up with him. And then when he knows that they're starting to fade, then bang, he'll, he would be off like a rocket and probably win by at least five seconds at the end of the race. But control it to his pace. But yeah, like you said, it's just I'm hoping that Emilian Denner has a really a, a, a so much better 2024 season. As soon as he's got the FIA Europeans and, and the worlds out of the way, and then come back to to Nevada for Supernats 27, and then just go right. This is what you didn't see last year, and then just put a number on everybody. Um, coming back to into MS. Um, Alessandro Dettulio, uh a driver who you just mentioned as well, uh, is going to be returning for a f- full season. Uh, and that's going to be great consistency for, for Alessandro as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the dude was on three different manufacturers, three different race teams in the first six months of 2023. Started with uh, Parallel USA, mm-hmm. goes to you know PSL with Burrell Art uh, and Prime Power Team, the Canadian uh, major uh, race team. Um, and then after that, uh, ends up over at Enter MS, which is a Miami based team, which means he gets to do a lot more testing with them, a lot more coaching and development because he lives down in Miami. Um, he is always wicked fast at Homestead and at low grip racetracks. Um, and if you look at, you know, his year, 
even through three completely different, and I'm not just talking different chassis brands, like someone from a Cosmic to a Tony cart, or, mm-hmm. you know, even something that's slightly different, like, you know, TB carts and GFCs come out of the same factory, but they're different frame designs. Yeah. So he was on three different factories, components, everything, and still had the best average finish without having a win of all the drivers that did not have a main event win. The only one that was better than him was, I think, Joe Turney. And I think Morgato might have ended up just a tick better. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he had the worst finish of 11th coming into Vegas season. So he is super consistent, super solid everywhere. And and especially at Homestead, there's no question that he's a favorite to start the year, being that it's his home racetrack. And you look at how good Cart Republic was with Turney a year ago. So mm-hmm. um, it's cool for him. And, and you know, really, uh, you know... It, it's it's only his third kind of full season he's entering fourth season technically in senior he ran a partial season in in uh um you know 2021 so um you know 22 23 two full years and then 2024 you know now becomes kind of year year three really but on paper year four so he's he's developed into a superstar and i think He's going to probably be a big asset to Danilo Albanese to get up to speed instantly because I don't know when the last time that guy's driven a single speed go kart. Probably not for quite a few years, actually. I think. Yeah. But, so, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. Then we look at Saudi USA. Harley Cable returns full time. Dalton Haynes, who's I I think he's just won an award with you guys as well, if I remember, performance of the year. Yeah, performance of the year for his win uh, at the IAMI Grants that, you know, set a lot of this into motion. Uh, you know, that was his home home track, home race, 2021, two years ago, our first ever stream. They laid it all on the line, every dollar that they had that they were committed to spend, mm-hmm. put it on pole, drove from 17th to second in the main after having some mechanicals in the heats, um, you know, and then that led them to getting a Super Nats opportunity, drove it, finished in the top 10. First yeah. ever Supernats, first ever street race. Then 2022, a little bit rougher, um, but got some rides, some partial deals, opportunities, and then that kind of faded away. Uh, and then, you know, he started, you know, this is full circle for him. Uh, he was the cameraman on uh, one of the three on-track cameramen at the Winter Series one year ago watching uh, the guy's race and, and saying, man, I, I'd love to be out there again, and I know I can go and still get it done. And now he gets to enter Homestead. He's there. He flew in today uh, and, and gets to race again. And, and for the first time, he gets to race the Winter Series. He's never raced at Homestead before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool. And it, it all, again, another kind of last second deal. Uh, I think it's only come together really in the last two weeks. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it happens, like I said, without all of the series offering all the contingency prizes they do that kind of help subsidize a manufacturer like Sodi to justify um, sponsoring drivers the way they do, you know, with Harley, Harley's going to run X30 and shifter racing this year. Oh, mama uh, they've mia. also got a shifter driver. We're supposed to, the announcement comes out tomorrow with Alan Isambard, who's a local Florida, uh, you know, guy who's gotten a couple national starts in the last year and then with shifter, he's going to be there. So, Harley's going to be double duty at a lot of events with Dalton in the X30 with Isambard in the shifter. Um, and again, Sodi led the way last year with such a massive investment in the racing in the U S and in their brand. And, and I'm not just talking about, 
you know, sponsoring drivers to run the pro classes that we're all fans of, but, you know, really setting up a good system of mm-hmm. dealer team and small regions and, 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 you know, from micro to master, um, you know, they, they put a lot of the right stuff in place and, and it, you know, it sounds like they're ready to double down and, and do it again. And it made sense in, in, you know, to, to do more in 2024, which is a, just a, a cool marriage to have an up and coming brand with a driver that a lot of our fans have been pulling for uh, to get, you know, that kind of big break because he's betting on himself a lot. And now he enters a year for the first time, I think probably in his career with a confirmed schedule of more than one race. True. I mean, Sodi Carter has been trying for years to get an FIA world karting title and that did not happen. Their biggest chance was a man we previously mentioned. Uh, Emilian Denner. I remember watching that KZ final. Um, former champ Jeremy Iglesias out with damage, mm-hmm. and he was running with CRG. Senna Van Valsten, uh, who I personally know anyway, um, funny enough, uh, is has just had surgery on his shoulder, so get well soon, Senna. Want to see you back in the car as soon as possible, buddy. Uh, funny enough, was there at the World, uh, the Grand Finals, and was also when I was at the MENA. Karting Championship Nations Cup uh, in La Salle in Qatar, actually, the week before Christmas. Uh, he was there helping out as well. Um, then we t- turn to Praga, USA, and we look at the lineup for them. We've got uh, Celso Neto and Kiko Porto, uh, both with confirmed schedules. Kiko running full-time in Pro Shifter. Uh, Celso r- uh, racing full-time in X30 Pro Senior. Um, Scusa, FWT Orlando, Rotax Winter Trophy, Rock Vegas, and uh, Supernats 27. Seems like they're, uh, according to, well, as according to the official Kart Chaser Instagram, saying in their debut US Pro National season, Praga Kart USA is coming out swinging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one we got sent to us a couple days ago, and it was kind of a whoa moment um Mm -hmm. you know ipk uh after they won their world title uh kind of took a step back um you know in the u.s they've kind of bounced their importership around uh the last few years was with leading edge motorsports was the previous home for danny formal before he signed with rpg in the summer of 2022 um they won a lot of races with him with an american model that the leading edge motorsports really pioneered they plucked leading edge motorsports uh, from it, um, and and then had Ansem Motorsports um, as kind of the the team that was supposed to carry the banner. This past year, unfortunately, uh, the man behind Ansem Motorsports, Patrick Otto Madsen, sadly uh, passed away um, earlier that year, this uh, last year, and so you know that kind of left them with not a lot of direction. And uh, Elio Brandau. Uh, is uh, a guy I'm not too familiar with. I haven't met him yet in person. Um, but, you know, he's a stock car Brazil team owner, obviously a really passionate racer. And to, you know, go from last year, we saw, you know, uh, the Kanjan Apatak family and Jonathan Marcuson and a couple other people running Pragas at the RMC Winter Trophy. Um, you know, but it's a, it was a, just a small, somewhat independent-looking, mm-hmm. you know, effort out of, there are garages at Orlando and then a tent at, uh, at PK and, uh, yeah. to, to go from that to saying, no, we're, we're running a full national schedule and we're, we're getting two two sponsored guys to do it. Um, 
And Celsonetto is, you know, not as big of a name, uh, you know, in American motorsport right now, he was kind of earlier and, and lower on the, the tracks, right. Just doing some skip Barber races and kind of all over. Um, but Kiko Porto, you're, you, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking about a kid that had a few sponsors might go on the right way and, and maybe still could go the right way would be in an Indy lights or Indy NXT car this year, the series below IndyCar like that. That's pretty big news to me that that guy, you know, personally is like, you know what, this, this is an interesting project and coming to racing carts again is exciting to me to, to commit to race. Um, Mm -hmm. so that, that's exciting. Celso, you know, he's, I think he'll be good at Orlando and I'm, I'm optimistic for how his first national year with a, a, a big factory level effort, if it becomes a factory level effort, mm-hmm. um, I should say, you know, looks like, but, but Kiko, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about, I, I think he could, you know, really make some noise if he's, uh, you know, still got it in a go-kart the way that he had in a race car. Cause that kid, that kid's good. Yeah. I mean, that'll be very interesting to see. I, I like the fact you mentioned stock car pro series. Well, I've commentated on Rubens and Eduardo this year, uh, last year. Um, and that was literally, uh, commentate, uh, actually called on motorsport.tv doodoo's winning Cascavel. Um, oh, cool. which was pretty cool. And then to catch up with, I, I, I was, I work as part of the Rotax media team for those people that don't know. Um, right. everyone that, wonders who does the daily reports that's guy. me that's me like literally i was um i was like thinking okay so uh i still remember cody our good friend from canadian karting news who's gonna get called to be on this show mr Schindel, uh took a really wonderful photograph of me um actually just going up uh, to speak to Rubens when he qualified for for Portimao along along with Eduardo, and it was one you know, and I just introduced myself. I said Rubens, I thought I'd just come over and say hi. My name's Alex. I'm part of the Rotax Media team. I've followed you all the way through your career. It's a real privilege to have you here. And they had the they had I think it was the the Qatar FIFA World Cup that week and Brazil were playing one night. And so I walked and what I tended to do because I wasn't in the booth like Henry was, I was commentating on the E20 um, electric carts for Rotax, which are on the Sony Sigma DD2 chassis with the front and rear braking systems. I actually went over um, to Rubens and I said, Oh, how was the game last night? You know, just like, and folks, the thing is these drivers are human beings. It doesn't matter what age or what stage of their career they're in. Um, yeah, so I've called it where both Eduardo and Rubens, at one point in this season, have been on the podium this year, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, just managed to say hi to to Rubens and Eduardo. And it was the briefest of moments, but like 60 second catch up, and they get up. Oh, you went. Oh, hi, Alex. How are you? And I was like, he remembers my name. That's a legend in my book. It's really cool when we get these personalities. We'll, we'll get on to, we'll get onto that in just a second. But there's one person I want to talk about, and it is Speed Concepts Racing's Austin Garrison has just uh, has uh, become their leading man, and he's he's looking forward to the challenge ahead for 24, isn't he? Man, that is, uh, you want to talk about red-blooded, damn near redneck American uh, Florida man. That is Austin Garrison to a T. He's, uh, 
got his boat. He loves to go out and go fishing. Uh, he loves to go to mud rallies. You know, if you are a big fan of just a good old boy, that that's Austin Garrison, and, and that's a lot of that Speed Concepts Racing Tent. Those guys are hard workers, super smart group. I mean, you're talking about the same family, right? Alex Speed was the same, you know, was was – right there with Gary Carlton as the two of them led the way and dominated in, in shifter categories in the two mm. thousands, early 2010s. Uh, when we talked about Gary earlier, you know, uh, his dad, Mike, that's him and Alex speeds kind of collaborative team. Um, and, uh, you know, racers to a core, super smart guys, Mike, and, you know, they're also working on their own, not strictly in-house engine program, but they have the speed lab racing engines. So they mm -hmm. do their own engines uh, as well. And then, you know, um, when it comes to, uh, you know, that family, right. I mean, they had, you know, Alex's brother is Scott speed. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a good racing lineage family to be a part of with a lot of, a lot of big brains underneath that tent. And, um, mm -hmm. they, they've been really happy with what they were able to do with Austin last year. Um, you know, and, and raced him a whole lot more. And, you know, unlike a lot of the other teams we've talked about, um, you know, TKG Factory Kart Republic, Praga Karts US. I'd imagine some kind of help from from Praga Factory. PSL Karting gets gets a lot of help from from Burrell mm -hmm. Art Factory, and and also covers two countries, not just one, because they do Canada and the US. So their budget's a little bit easier to pay and and run drivers. And then uh, you know, RPG uh, is just such a powerhouse uh, of an operation uh, that they're able to do it. But Speed Concepts is not. You know, hmm. uh, it's 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 a red speed dealer team. Um, yeah. You know, it it isn't a factory backed effort. A lot of talent, a lot of expertise, a lot of hard work and passion under the tent. But that's you know a lot of the holdup with Austin Garrison. It's not that they don't want to race him; they absolutely do. But they're doing it a hundred percent out of their own checkbook, and that's why you saw him in twenty twenty two three or four times. You saw him in twenty twenty three two thirds of the season. Mm -hmm. um, but this year, again, with some more championship prize money in place, that's a team that is a prime example of, they get some value out of running him and having him as a brand, having him as a driver coach for, for the senior and junior drivers they have under the tent, but they're going to benefit a lot from some of the new formats of, you know, him running at the end of the day, but they don't need to hire a mechanic for him because the mechanic from earlier in the day can float to him on the split day schedule. Austin's a great driver coach. They can coach, have him coach everybody and be fully focused on coaching from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then running a pro class to have prize money in the, in the mix. That's a huge help for those guys too. So um, that's the type of, you know, reason why for me, it was so important that when we could figure out a way to get deserving drivers like himself in the seat, how how does that work? What's mm -hmm. the equation got to look like? And and I'm really really happy to say that the teams, as well as the series uh, that are willing to make this massive experiment uh, and and test for the year, and I mean change the whole way we do races over here for stars and for Scusa, uh, um, and and make a big investment in their programs by trying to secure prize money and say we'll get the sponsorship later. We're going to commit to pay this, you know, mm -hmm. hell or high water. Um, that is a big reason why we're going to get to see Austin Garrison full-time this year, which is cool. Yeah. Um, well, that really concludes a very, very lengthy chat. Uh, on Very the... busy, silly season. A lot to talk oh, about. man, man. You know what? It's like Formula One, only it's stateside karting instead. Um, but 
I, 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 I actually have a very, very important question. Now, you've raced, you know, as you said, you begged and pleaded with mum and dad to get you a car, and you, you jumped in. Um, were you predominantly uh, more akin to IAMI as opposed to Rotax when you were driving? Um, because obviously, now that you've, you know, you guys are covering the the US Trophy final later on in Newcastle. Um, you've also got the Winter Trophy coming up uh, in in Orlando at the karting centre there. Were you more of a, an X30 driver as opposed to going for a Rotax? Yeah, because it, in my era in the US was at a very weak point for, for Rotax. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we... Uh, I started running four-stroke classes at my local club for about a year. Um, moved up then to the the hundred cc categories, which was Yamaha KT one hundred engines, very similar but mm -hmm. clutch driven with an external starter to the TKM class over in uh, in the UK, uh, and then went from there into you know X thirty or um, you know racing after that, uh, and back to KA for a second on the debut year of it because it ended up being a little bit stronger than the X thirty category, but then mm -hmm. back over to X thirty and. That was really just logistics. Uh, initially, when we went into 100cc, Rotax was still relatively prevalent, but it was on a decline because of the way that, you know, it was kind of run over here. There were a lot of very powerful motors. Uh, the parity wasn't good. Um, and, you know, we just, you know, we were privateers for a lot of my career up until the last uh, couple of years when, um, you know, I got, I got some sponsorship help from, from race teams to go and run with them for either a lesson fee or, or for free, or I was working for them, mm -hmm. uh, and, and I was paying for my ride that way. So, you know, it was never something we thought that we could go and be competitive in owning a single engine. You know, I know mm -hmm. I never owned more than one engine of one kind at one time, um, which is pretty unheard of, especially now to go and, and compete nationally. But that was just, we were just a, a string bean bare bones operation that mm -hmm. punched way above our weight class for the level of seat time that i had of running two to five events a year um you know and and doing it on our own uh and and luckily just you know had a lot of goodwill and a lot of help and what helped was the last few years when i was 16 to 19 years old uh 16 to 20 i guess um i was announcing or i was working in the industry basically full time and so making those relationships and, and people kind of basically took pity on me uh, in some way or another. Uh, in some cases, I was coaching drivers and so could bring some value and that would help cover some of my bill. The other parts was me just working in general and stacking my own money up to, to be able to afford to race. And the rest of the coaching, development, help, equipment, you name it, uh, was a, a lot of goodwill from the industry. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know that's a little lengthy on the answer to the question, but no, it's, you know, with, it's, it's uh, completely fine. It's completely fine. That, that, with, that's yeah. that's the whole point of commentators' corner, folks. I want you to hear yeah. the inside track from the people themselves because it, it's like you say. Um, there's also been a, a driver who was originally whose family originates from Phoenix, Arizona, has raced at Supernats before. Austin Lee previously has raced with RPG. Um, his dad, Rob. Uh, used to work for Adidas in Herzogenhoch in Germany. He used to hit me up with free sneakers because he, it wasn't about take, I think in some respects, not taking pity, but like saying thanks for all the lovely comments. Like, I get like a set of Ultra Boost 22s, which is, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's the little things that, 
Because for those wondering, we're, we're, we're living paycheck to paycheck, folks. It's like invoice to invoice. And sometimes you're having to wait a little bit of time for that money to come in. There are, uh, and and you, you understand this as well, Xander. Like sometimes if someone goes, well, look, here's a couple of boxes of sneakers. Hope, enjoy them. You know, and you wear them. I like, I like, I had those Ultra Boost Twenty Twos for a year and a half. I literally, I literally wear, wore them until the the bottom of the soles fell apart. That's how I, much I, it meant to me. I get made fun of all the time because I'll sometimes buy shoes from Walmart to wear at the track because they'll wear out in six months of being on pavement. Yeah, uh, uh, like thirty. I just can't bring myself. You know, if I'm going to get something nicer and. You know, the last three years of, of doing what we've been doing has been a mix of life savings. And like you said, paycheck to paycheck, going mm. from initially putting money in, then to not being able to take money out and pay yourself. And then finally to be able to pay yourself, but it's not a lot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and not getting any younger. The bills only get a little bit higher. The, oh. the housing market only gets worse and worse. It's awful here in the States. Uh, um, well, the thing, the, thi- the thing is... Um... Like when you hear a conversation, like say over in the US about a gallon of gas, let's just put it into perspective. If I want to put a gallon of diesel into my Volvo V40, that's twelve dollars a gallon. Yeah, yeah, like, that, that, that's one thing we do have you guys beat on is oh, gas prices. By My at least, by at least a, a fifty percent. You know? <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is, is that yeah. we we do this business because we love it, don't we? At the end of the day. For sure. For sure. But the thing is, the other question attached to that is that with the road tax racing that you guys at Car Chase are covering, it's been pretty awesome, hasn't it? To 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 be able to cover multiple different series, irrespective of what, whether it's X30, whether it's road tax, whether it could be, what was it? I think you guys did dirt. Dirt track. Uh, we did car- dirt racing. We're going to do more of that this year. Max, Ma- Max, Max Nationals. Nationals. Yeah, we did them. We're going to have four races, I think, with them this year, if all goes to plan. Um, that wasn't even their biggest one by far. Mm. That's That was about a quarter of the size of the event that they can normally pull. That was about 300 entries. I think they normally can get up to 1,000 or 1,200. Now, mm. 1,000 to 1,200 entries is pretty wild in the sprint world. It's a little bit different for them. Yeah, Their their trailers and pits do not take up the same space. Like, you know, square foot per entry is a lot less. You'll have guys run two to three classes with the same go-kart by mm. plopping lead on or off for a light or a heavy or a semi-pro and a pro division that you qualify somehow for both or, or pop the engine off. But, uh, yeah, we do that. Do the Rotax, do the, the Vortex Rock GP stuff uh, and, and rock races. Won't be at them this year, unfortunately, but we did them last year. Um, but, yeah, and I've driven Rotaxes. Uh, one of my past lives jobs is working full, you know, part-time at Atlanta Motorsports Park and doing instructing for their driving schools. Um, and, uh, you know, our fast, our main cart that we'd eventually work to get the drivers in by the end of the day was Rotax Juniors. Mm-hmm. And in my last year of racing uh, in X30, in 2019, I did th- uh, four big races. The three US PKS races uh, ran pretty good in those. Ran the Scusa Pro Tour Summer Nats with a, a different operation. Sucked. 100% my fault. I just drove back bad uh wasn't on the team or the engine or anything i just drove terrible but uh between those four races i had a rotax junior on a tony cart down at homestead because i was working at the track so Mm -hmm. i'd put you know 
open the track, close the track. There'd be daylight left in January. I'd go do, you know, 30 lap sessions and <laughs> go do a couple sessions a week. Um, so I've driven Rotaxes quite a bit and obviously worked on it. Just never raced in a Rotax mm-hmm. event. But man, yeah, the racing is good that the, you know, um, especially the, the, the J3 guys, uh, you know, Justin Stefani, Jim and John Giacomelli uh, over here in the U.S., they are phenomenal. Known them for a while. Not as familiar with the RTX guys, Esteban Del Rio and Gonzalo, who mm-hmm. put on the RMC Winter Trophy that we did last year and are doing again this year. But I've known the guys at J3 for a while. Super smart. Um, you know, really, I think, uh, especially with Justin, you know, he's closer to me in age than most of the promoters I get to work with. Mm-hmm. And he's a pretty forward-thinking guy. Uh, and, you know, to have the right foresight of, of what that engine program is and how to do it properly and you know seeing all the promotion we've been doing the the last 45 minutes of us talking about all this excitement about pro drivers and everything it was a big you know initiative for them at the rotax trophy final to make a star started grid and do what they had to do to attract mm-hmm. you know um diego ramos to come and run with psl karting to obviously have norberg there was a you know uh, a, a big, big uh, thing as well, you know, running up front. You know, the MPG guys, Race Liberante was right in the mix. He got himself a ticket, went and, you know, Oliver was Warner. decently quick. Oliver Warner, yeah. uh, perfect example, mm-hmm. a Brit coming over to the States. Yeah. You've also got, I mean, folks, I'm now looking on the Rotax Global app on the entries um, for the, uh, the Winter Trophy. And I recognize a few names in there, including a few Brits, Albert Friend, and Tom Reed, Albert Friend, uh, last year's Rotax Max Challenge International Trophy winner, also won the uh, the uh, the Mini Max Grand Festival at Carton Genk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry called the International Trophy. I was at Carton Genk for the that side of things. But then I look again. Once you get bitten by the bug, Rubens, Eduardo, and now. Fernando Barrichello, all three have entered because, uh, again, uh, we we saw about, um, I think, who was it? Wasn't it Noel Leon who was in the battle with Dudu Barrichello for the ticket last year? And uh, Mr. Leon unfortunately got taken out in the final. That cost him the ticket. But then he went on to, I think, race with Formula Regional European Championship powered by Alpine last year and did a pretty good job. But, Again, it's uh, what I love about the fact that with the Barrichello family is that they are so humble. They are so lovely oh, yeah. to get on with. But you put them in a cart, and it doesn't matter if you are the dad. Rubens will tear you off the strip if you give him an opportunity. You let that if you put that barn door open so wide, Rubens will take that. And considering the fact of what that guy has achieved, two-time Stock Car Pro Series champion in 2017 and 2022, a man that's raced over 300 Grand Prix, has been so close to winning an FIA Formula 1 world title, and he's run with some of the biggest names in the sport, and he still comes back to karting because he loves it. He's the perfect ambassador for motorsport in general. It doesn't matter whether it's all the way up to Formula 1 or right even to karting especially when it comes to rotax and plus also the family run on Birrell ARTs anyway yeah yeah they're such a great group right i mean the way you talked about your story with rubens i've got you know so many similar instances with him um you know he's such a humble classy guy uh and 
and so nice and, and welcoming. And uh, it was funny. As soon as we announced that we'd be at the RMC Winter Trophy, Dudu uh, DM me, and he's like, oh, great. Uh, you know, this is great to see. And I'm like, oh, you, you run it again? And he's like, yeah, but I don't know. It looks like a lot tougher of a field this year. It sounds like a lot more heavy hitters are coming. And, um, you know, with how much racing we've got and especially having the Scusa race two weeks prior, the Florida Winter Tour Rock race the week before, I'm sure that entry list is going to look a whole lot stiffer, um, you mm. know, once we get to Monday of race week. Um, because it seems like this year, unlike last year where, it was a mostly international crowd an 80 to 90, maybe a hundred entries between the two events. Yeah. Being at the same track is super helpful because now for all the international people, the Brits, the Australians, uh, the Europeans that are going to come over the yeah. South Americans, you've got a, a two week vacation in Orlando, come in Wednesday of race week, race all week, Monday, Tuesday, go to Disney world, go to Universal. <laughs> then Wednesday to Sunday race again, then go home Sunday night. It's a great international schedule for this two week to go get a ticket. Mm -hmm. But also, it's it's really convenient for all the race teams in America to go. And this year they're going to go. RPG is going to go. Speed Concepts is going to go. PSL is going to go. The list goes on. Um, and and I would imagine they're going to take a lot of their hitters in it. The Praga guys are going to race it because they're based at Orlando. So yeah, that's. That's an event that I was actually, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say wasn't excited to do, but definitely not as excited as I am now and, and realizing how strong the fields are going to be. And the fun part from a commentator side and a streamer side for Rotax Challenge events, at the most, there's only seven classes. And in some cases, when you don't have the DD2 grids, you run with five to six. That's amazing because usually with one class per age group, you know, 80 to 100 entries is, is pretty full. Um, 150 is really full. 30, 20 cart crits. The Rotax Trophy Final was one of our most fun races mm -hmm. on the year because there was no lull classes, dull class in between. There wasn't a three cart category with, you know, everyone spread apart for seconds on end. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that, that we have all of those classes full because we're used to races where, Sometimes we have a, a grid of eight to 10 guys and, and you go from a 40 cart class to that. And it just sucks the wind out of you as a commentator, as a streamer, producer, as a viewer. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I watched the, the chart just take a nosedive. Uh, but we have a boring class on a, on a major oh. event. So, yeah, all, all I'm going to say is like I'm, I'm looking through the amount of entries. OK, uh, Max Master. OK, you look at who's in that. You've got uh, Philip Dahl. You've got Bo Amato from the UK. <coughs> Rubens Barrichello. And the man that won DD2 Masters in the Euro Trophy last year, who's only who's about to turn 32, by the way, Nicola Pico. Rapid. I've commentated on that guy when he was in Senior Max, when he was in DD2. I called him over the line when he beat Dennis Tum on the track at PFI. Uh... Don't mention Dennis Tum to Rubens Barrichello ever again. Because if anyone has seen the documentary on Acelerados, the YouTube channel, I was there when it happened, and I knew exactly what... Uh, and even someone who, as I said, I haven't professionally raced, but I know when something's gone wrong. And I just went, crap. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm trying to get over a cold at the moment. Um... I will edit that part out. But then, um, you know, you look, juniors are nearly at 30. Micro, over 15. Mini, nearly 30. 
Seniors, 40. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've, I think, what was it? The most I, the most drivers I've commentated on, on my own, and Sandra, you, um, you'll, you'll, uh, probably be taken slightly back by this. Um, there's a story that goes back to June of, well, it was, uh, summer of 2021. Rotax Max Challenge International Trophy, Lamar. Uh, it's race week, and I've been over there since Sunday. And I get a phone call from Henry saying that I'm unable to do the event. So he's contacted the organisers, and this is a story I tell on a regular basis. Um, I was there for three social media clients. So I was doing videos, I was doing graphics, updating people about results. Henry says... Hello, boy. Oh, sorry, you can't be there, but I've told them uh, I've put your name forward. And I was like, you know, when he goes, oh, hi, mate, how you doing? And then he goes, I'm not going to be there. The cogs start ticking. And I went, oh, shit, here we go. He's told them, hasn't he, that I'm there. Um, but credit where credit was due, gave me a shout out on the Cartmaster stream on the Sunday morning. So... Henry and I have got total mutual respect for each other. We know each other's work ethic. And when you get us two in the commentary box, it's like uh, the two Ronnies um, of, com of, of karting commentary. Like, literally, we'll, th we'll try and th throw something in there that will make the other laugh. And I nearly got... I did actually get Henry in 2019. Um, and funnily enough, it was to do with Oliver Behrman. Um mm. And we were doing a play on Smokey and the Bandit. And instead of Bandit 1-9, I said, Bearman 1-9, Bearman 1-9. And you can hear Henry muffling his microphone, but you can still hear the laugh. Uh, so I got him on that one. I did 47 races, unassisted, by no colour commentator. I did every single bit of the pageantry. So we had the draw... Uh, we had all the nations, forgot the Netherlands, got told off by three of the dads who I knew personally. And so I went, oh, bugger. I've, but, like, literally, you're dealing with three social media clients plus your lastminute.com. I knew 85% of the people in my in the paddock. Uh, I then did the uh, prize ceremony at the end, all on my own. And then I get invited to dinner. And the first thing I say, I'd love to. But I really need to go to bed now. So I drove back to where I was staying, right by the Garden Nord in Le Mans, ordered two big pizzas, two beers, and literally within an hour of consuming them, I had fallen asleep. Um, so yeah, 47, race, 47 races plus half of qualifying. Uh, and I think we had north of 80 drivers that week. So we had all the mainstay classes. Yeah. Uh, which was which was crazy. It was the busiest week, but I think, as you well know, Xander, when you're that busy and you don't know where the time's gone, you feel tired, wired. You f you feel like you're dead on your feet, but you feel that you've really, really accomplished something on that as well. Um, but really, just sort of final question from me: um, How are things shaping up for Kart Racer for 2024? Of course, you, you've done the—I think you've—you've you've done the Happy Hour podcast. You've got the the Zander Clements podcast, which is now 11 episodes deep. Um, 
what teasers, without giving too much away, because I want people to listen to your podcast, uh, what little yeah. teasers are there that you can sprinkle right now? Uh, ooh, that's that's a good one. Well, um, you know, we've been we've been still tinkering with our onboard camera, uh, and I, I think we've got a pretty good plan to bring onboards pretty heavily into effect in 2024. So, won't be at the first month of racing, I don't think. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. but should be ready, if nothing else, by March. So that's exciting. I think we'll have it on a lot of drivers um, through the year. Um, you know, a cool part of the podcast is, you know, mine, uh, happy hour, what we did is we kind of split it all up. Mine is one of three mm-hmm. that will be new. The other two is going to be introducing guys that have been on Car Chaser before that have done pit reporting, commentary, camera guys, and are still going to be a part of it. Um, and I'm going to hand them their own shows, which allows me a little more flexibility um, and kind of tease it on my podcast as well a little bit that we're working on do, having me do some races this year, but realistically doing it in a way that uh, is going to line up a scholarship car seat for a young driver for every year for years to come. Um, you know, as soon as I'm done, I want to model it and show them everything they should do uh, and, that, and that they need to do. Uh, and kids that you know prove they're worthy and then when they get in the seat they're still going to have to do everything that i did because if i'm running a whole business and working every single you know day of the year almost uh going to all these races and i'm able to produce all of this content and keep all of our sponsors happy there's no question that you can't either Mm -hmm. um so that's a lot of new stuff for this year the rest of it is just um you know it's trying to work on the you know, fan in the flames. I'm, I'm so excited to, to get to March and to have the first of our new pro show weekends and to see that in action. We haven't had a hot pit at our national events in a long, long time. We have somewhat of one at the challenge of the Americas, but that series hasn't been massive the last few years. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been there in person, but this will be on a whole new level with a 30 minute practice. It'll the way that this format goes, Alex is it's two 30 minute practices on Friday with about an hour gap in between mm-hmm. to alternate X 30. And then shifter will do their first round X 30 shifter first round. That's the only track time. These guys will be getting before qualifying. There may or may not be an optional test day on Thursday, which will have the same format, but at the most again, two 30 minute sessions. So they can still work the entire morning. It's really more structured like a car race. Get on track a couple times. You'll have time for a major change in between, but during the session, it'll be very minor. Mm. Then qualifying, probably the thing I'm most excited about with this new format is we're going to do a Q1 and a Q2 with Q1 having groups split in half, even in odd results from final practice. Top six transfer to Q2 for the top 12 to set the first starting grids. Then a heat race, and then Sunday, uh, it's it's cool, and and I am excited for it. But I think the qualifying thing is the, the biggest new one. Sunday, we're, we're cutting out our warm up session for these pro guys. They're going to go straight to the final, and similar to Supernats, the carts will stage on the track. They'll be by their carts for the first fifteen twenty minutes for TV, do the stream. They're all mandated to stay around for post race interviews for the next five to ten, you know, fifteen minutes then the other class rolls and we're going to lengthen their main event in the idea that if we put some more tire degradation into the game, it should clean up the racing a little bit because I think 
yeah. guys will naturally drive a little bit easier at the start of the race, knowing that they got to take care of their equipment to make it to the end. And also hmm. they're going to drive each other cleaner because if I knock you off the racetrack in a five lap, eight lap heat, you probably aren't getting back to me. But if I knock you off on lap one of lap 30, oh. I didn't need to do that in the first place, but you probably could get back to me if you're as fast as at least as fast as me and I get in some battles. Right. So oh, exactly. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, so having a longer main, I think, is exciting. Seeing how that format goes has me excited. And, see, you know, we're just in the, the first wave of silly season, right? There are so many last second rides that come together. You know, I'm super hopeful we get we get our boy Kremers back for the Pro Tour um, and, and have as many superstar names as we do. But mm-hmm. this new structure, the prize stuff, the USPKS series is going to be mega as well. The Star Series is going to be super cool. But to see this new format that has just been a big part of our mission, you know, we're, we're, we're so much more and want to be so much more than just a media company in the space. We want to really help craft and mold and fan the flames of growth for the sport here. And I think one of the, our biggest projects coming to life is having a huge hand in getting this new alternate race format to come to life uh, with, with two of the big three major series. And, 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 and optimistically, if it goes well, I could see the USPKS maybe entertaining the idea for 2025. And we have all three of them on it, a better model for race teams to make, make it less expensive for them and more valuable to have sponsored drivers, which means more opportunities for our younger drivers to graduate into whether or not they have car racing, a, um, potential in terms of budget, uh, they could do the car racing and karting on the side, like Dalton is this year, yeah. um, and potentially Kiko, or they could be a Ryan Norberg and find a way to make a living in their twenties racing go karts. And so, making those opportunities—that's the the heart and soul of why we founded Kart Chaser—is is to try and make it where the sport's bigger for everyone, so there's more healthy clubs. And for a guy like myself that had the budget to be a club racer um, and would have been happy racing club once a month. If my club didn't die off and turn out, mm-hmm. that's a big, you know, one half of it. And we're going to do more grassroots projects like that in the future. This year is the start of a little bit of one with the scholarship car and some other things. Uh, but the other half is, you know, I turned 15 and realized I was never going to be a professional race car driver because I couldn't even be a professional, you know, or full-time, I should say, go-kart driver. So now making opportunities where guys like Austin Garrison that are super talented, mm-hmm. guys like Marin Kremers, guys like Ryan Norberg, Alessandro Tulio that deserve to get paid because they're so good at what they do and are and, and put on an amazing show. We've got amazing racing that can attract spectators um, and, and outside sponsors and partners that we're working on this year. To see a step in that direction with this format, with the prize structure these series are putting forward, and the fact that it's getting global attention is is something I'm super excited about. So I, that's already mostly known, and it's not as much of a teaser. The onboard, I guess, a little bit is, and some of the other stuff. But you know, what excites me the most is is seeing our industry. It feels like here in America, there's always competition. There always will be, but more cohesive as a unit towing in one direction for growth and and making strides at that not just talk we can talk all day and i you know you and i are paid to talk right true true but to take it uh and 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 make some you know proper actions and 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 be you know really actually making an impact and getting the ball rolling Mm. that's that's hard to do 
to have that done this year and to see where it's going to go just gets me excited for the future. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that as well. Xander, thank you so much for your time, buddy. It's been a real pleasure having you as our 40th official guest here on Commentators Corner. Thank you, man. Hey, and get well. I will do. I have been struggling with a cold and a cough, ladies and gentlemen, but that's it for episode 40. Don't forget, down in the description below, whether you are listening, whether it be on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or on Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport stations, you'll be able to see all the respective links for Cart Chaser's YouTube channel, their social media presence. Also, I'm going to put a link to Zander's Instagram, so if you want to give this man a follow, uh, feel free to do so. Stay tuned for episode 41. More great guests more great insights within this industry are coming soon right here to commentators corner it's 2024 but we've only just gotten started thank you for watching thank you for listening see you next time